the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I'm very sorry to say that the president is at the podium. He's speaking in Buffalo, and he's doing exactly what I thought he would do, but exactly what I hoped he would not do. And he is doing, he's doing a a variation of exactly what this twisted, demented shooter did. He's labeling people by outward appearance. He is trying to elevate himself by standing on his perceived enemies. It's exactly what he's doing. So this is a live situation. He's at the podium now. He's talking. I tried to capture some of the audio. So I'm going to play you this beginning cut. We'll get into it, and then I'll go to the live TV feed and hopefully be able to play more of it. Uh, I want to demonstrate to you what I mean by the fact that this is a this is a situation that calls for calm. It calls for de-escalating. And he is such a pathetic, selfish person, that he is exploiting the deaths of 10 people for his own political gain. Ideology that they possess and being fed lesser beings. I and all of you reject the lie. I call on all Americans to reject the lie. And I condemn those who spread the lie for power, political gain, and for profit. All right, what lie is he talking about? He's talking about replacement theory, which he says is essentially criticizing any of his policies. If you criticize his immigration policies, because you think that he's trying to bring more Democratic voters into the country, give them more free things, that that is replacement theory. What that is is caring about the safety of America and liking its immigrants to be people who've been vetted and for immigration to be an orderly process. He goes on and he starts talking about Charlottesville. I think this is where he is in the speech. Uh, Let's give a listen and see. We've now seen too many times the deadly and destructive violence this ideology unleashes. We heard the chants, you will not replace us in Charlottesville, Virginia. I wasn't going to run, as the senator knows, again for president. When I saw those people coming out of the woods of the fields in in Virginia, in Charlottesville, carrying torches, shouting, you will not replace us, accompanied by white supremacists and carrying Nazi banners, that's when I said, no, no. And I, honest to God, those who know me, Chuck, you know, I wasn't going to run for certain. But I was going to be darned if I was going to let anyway. Okay. 
Uh, what are we in Buffalo for again? Are we in Buffalo to calm the nation? Are we in Buffalo to honor those who gave their lives uh, in a senseless fashion at the hands of a racist murderer? Or are we in Buffalo to rehabilitate our political image and paint ourselves as the racial reconciler in our country? Is Charlottesville something that happened recently enough that it bears any kind of mention in a situation like this? Have we had a Charlottesville situation so often since Charlottesville that this is a burgeoning threat? We had idiotic, stupid, small-minded racists among a large crowd in Charlottesville, but not the entirety of the crowd in Charlottesville. Is he going to get in his speech to Antifa, to BLM, whose mission statement on its website, BLM's, used to read, we are against anti-black racism, anti-black racism, not against racism, against anti-black racism. Well, I guess I should give him the benefit of the doubt and listen a little bit longer. We'll see, but I highly doubt it. I'll get going. Look, we've seen the mass shootings in Charleston, South Carolina, El Paso, Texas, and Pittsburgh, last year in Atlanta, this week in Dallas, Texas, and now in Buffalo, in Buffalo, New York. White supremacy is a poison. It's a poison <laughs> running through our, It really is. Running through our body politic. And it's been allowed to fester and grow right in front of our eyes. No more. I mean, no more. We need to say as clearly and force as we can that the ideology of white supremacy has no place in America. I have no problem with him saying that because I agree with it 100%. What would be better... For him to say what would be authentic for him to say what would be honest for him to say is to include in his litany of shootings the fact that there was a subway shooting in New York by a deranged black person that there was an act in Waukesha Wisconsin at a parade where a guy who's black who had posted anti-white rhetoric on his social media pages, much like this complete idiot in Buffalo did against black people, for Joe Biden to say, we will continue to have these kinds of incidents in our country as long as we make, as long as we put forward the lie that it is only one side doing it, that there is demented and derogatory and degenerative ideology out there on the fringes of every viewpoint and that it is always wrong when it gets out of control no matter what the ethnicity or race of the perpetrator is and that we have to not 
point fingers, not accuse, not demonize one segment of society and paint it as if it is exclusively the only existential threat out there. That the enemy here is hatred and a lack of connectivity to truth and compassion. That the enemy is not solely among whites, among blacks, among Hispanics, among Republicans, among Democrats. Why can he not say that? He cannot say that because to do so would rob him of this very transparent and disgusting end run he's making to exonerate himself for his policy failures by waving a distraction in front of the faces of American voters. That he's painting himself as the only possibility to cure a societal ill that goes back as far as you want to go back. Because man is a sinful being and hatred is a fire that stokes events like we see in Buffalo, that stokes events like we have seen throughout our country's history. And there's no law, no gun law, no this law, no that law, no policy, no anything that will prevent these kinds of things from happening. It just won't. You can believe the lie that some politician holds the cure to this. No politician holds the cure to this. The change must not be in policy. The change has to be inside every human heart. And it would be great. It would be great if we could have a president who prioritized the faith that he talks about having. But he doesn't. His faith is a la carte. He picks and chooses the pieces that work to his political advantage. It's exhausting listening to the president. Um, if you plotted his comments on a graph, I mean, they're all over the place. Like, he, <laughs> he's in Buffalo. He should be... Uh, trying to reconcile our country. He should be talking about the evils of hatred and how hatred can manifest itself in a black guy running over grandmas in a Waukesha, Wisconsin Christmas parade. It can manifest itself in a deranged 18-year-old boy shooting um, innocent black people in a supermarket in Buffalo. It can manifest itself in Dylan Roof doing what he despicably did in a church in South Carolina. It can manifest itself in a Muslim extremist uh, murdering American soldiers at Fort Hood or flying planes into the towers. It's all the same. It's all the same songbook. It's just a different verse. Uh, hatred, anger, bitterness, delusion is not the exclusive property of any one group of people. A president should understand that. He should understand the necessity of offering healing words at a time like this not targeting one particular group 
to massage his miserable performance as president. Racial racial politics is perhaps the clearest demonstration of man's depravity. It was true in Nazi Germany. It was true with ethnic cleansing in Yugoslavia. It was true in Rwanda. It's true here. It's true of BLM. This time cries out for somebody who puts the nation ahead of himself. Instead, we get this. And look, failure for us to not say that, failure in saying that is going to be complicity. Silence is complicity. It's complicity. We cannot remain silent. Our nation's strength has always come from the idea. It's going to sound corny, but think about it. What's the idea of our nation? That we're all children of God. All to life, liberty. That would be a great. That would be a great thing to cite if you weren't also trying to murder children in the womb who were given to us by God and who have the right to life. The venom of the haters and their weapons of war, the violence and the words and deeds of the. That stalk our streets, our stores, our schools. This venom. Now, he was awfully quiet on groups stalking our stores, our streets, and our schools when it was his voting block, BLM and Antifa, that was doing it. Tragedy will come again. It cannot be forever overcome. It cannot be fully understood either. But there are certain things we can do. We can keep assault weapons off our streets. We've done it before. Here we go. We did it when we passed the crime bill last time. This is a lie, and, and it's a proven down. lie. Shootings went down. No, they didn't. The the, the fact check on this is expressly that he's we lying. can't address the relentless exploitation of the Internet to recruit and mobilize terrorism. So we're going against the Second Amendment. Now we're going against the First Amendment. To do that, to stand up. Look, the American experiment in democracy is in a danger like it hasn't been in my lifetime. It's in danger this hour. Hate and fear are being given too much oxygen (laughs) by those who pretend to love America. And you're blowing air into it right now, windbag. To confront the ideology of hate requires caring about all people, not making distinctions. Uh, The the temerity here. Uh, He purports to care about all people while he's demonizing white supremacy as if it's the only threat to this country. That's the America I know, that Jill knows, and most deserve the most. We de- look, we're the most multiracial, most dynamic nation in the history of the world. Okay, so where's that been? That's true. Why don't you strike that chord in this speech? Why don't you talk about the potential of America and the way that black Americans and white Americans rose up in the 1960s? Why don't you talk about getting rid of slavery? Why don't you talk about the gains? Why don't you stress the positivity, the uniqueness, the exceptionalism that is common only to this country? But you can't do what you're not capable of doing because he has been enslaved to this group labeling 
and climbing over others to lift himself up throughout his political career. He's not alone. A lot of Republicans do this exact same thing. It's so, you know, I would say we deserve better, but we don't. We really don't. He has demonstrated clearly, as have numerous others on both sides of the aisle, perpetual inability to represent the will of the people and prioritize it over their own personal gain. But he's played the game really well. And so have many others on the Republican side of the aisle who on a public servant's salary have made themselves multimillionaires. And so the reason I say we don't deserve better is because we keep returning the same people to office. And so, because insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, we are in some respects insane to expect this creation of the very worst part of the American political system to rise up to the moment and meet it with the kind of discretion and eloquence that it deserves. He can't do it. He never could do it. He was elected not for what he is, but for what he is not. He was elected because in a binary choice between he and Bernie Sanders, he was not as crazy as Bernie. And in a binary choice between he and Trump, the nation determined that he would come closer to returning us to normalcy and end the drama. Instead. He is doing exactly what he is supposedly standing there at the podium to stop. He is ratcheting up division. He is demonizing people who think differently than he does. People who have authentic concerns about where our country is headed. You can't just disagree with him. You must be demonized and eliminated if you do and so why did those people die in buffalo he had the chance to go there today and make some sense of it endeavor to bring something good from it instead he has failed miserably and he has made possible the continuation of the evil he purports to eradicate. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.